right. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm Darlene and I'm your host. I'm a life and parenting coach. And today I'm going to talk about a concept called codependency. And I'm going to talk about how it relates to parenting. I'm going to explain to you how codependency can show up in parenting and give you some guidelines to figure out if it's true for you and if it is, what to do about it. So this episode is going to be really full of a lot of different things that you might want to write down. So I know like if you're like me, I listen to podcasts while I'm doing other things and I'm, you know, driving or working out or walking and I love that. So hi, if you're out there walking or driving around or doing your laundry, but this episode, you might want to come back to it and just make some notes or um, just get a piece of paper out right now and just have it handy. Before I get into describing what codependency is and how it looks in parenting, I want to spend a few minutes talking about healthy dependency. I want to give you an understanding of what our responsibility is as a parent, because obviously our children are dependent on us and it's our responsibility to care give to them, right? So there's a version of that that's very healthy, like healthy dependency. And then there's a version of caregiving that is less healthy, where it can become more of a codependent model. So now this concept, of course, it is a little bit confusing because our children, they show up really dependent on us, right? When a baby or a child comes into our life, they are not able to meet a lot of their needs, right? They're pretty dependent on us. And so our job as parents, we are responsible for meeting our children's needs that they can't meet for themselves because of their developmental stage. And the goal as they get older is that they become more and more capable, more and more able to meet their own needs. That's the process of parenting. That's what parenting really is. It's a really long journey of us taking care of our kids' needs and then slowly them taking care of themselves. So, of course, when a baby comes, they're not able to take care of their own hygiene, like wiping their bottoms or washing themselves or keeping their clothes clean or having their linens cleaned, right? They're not able to, of course, take care of money, right? They don't have any money. And so they don't know, they can't buy clothes or electricity or anything like that. And they have all these practical needs that they can't meet, right? They can't get themselves to school or sign up for school. They don't understand time, right? They have so many things that kids don't know how to do because they're little, And so we are responsible for the needs that the children have that they can't meet for themselves. So they have these practical needs and they have, you know, financial needs. They also have emotional needs because they aren't able to communicate or cope with their feelings. They're immature. They're emotionally immature. And so we're responsible for soothing them and then teaching them to self-soothe. So motherhood and parenting in general is ultimately a process of handing these responsibilities over to our kids. We spend these young years with our kids preparing them to be dependent on themselves. So we are really growing in them their own capacity to take care of their physical body, to take care of their emotional needs, to become financially resilient and independent and know how to do practical things like driving and math and the laundry and like maybe cooking a meal. So ultimately, as a parent, healthy dependency, right? Healthy, um, healthy caregiving is when we have 
we are, we take care of our kids because they can't take care of themselves. And our parenting is guided by our big picture vision of helping our children become adults who are dependent on themselves. We sometimes lose track of this as parents. We forget like the whole goal is that they become adults, right? And I don't want to use the word independent because it doesn't really serve us because none of us are truly independent. We are an interdependent species. We need each other in order to have a full and healthy life. So we are building our, t- our families towards interdependency. And really that means I can take care of my needs and I can also help you um, take care of yours. But it's not my job to necessarily take care of yours unless you're a child, right? So caregiving is not codependency. So I want to be really clear about that because it can be so confusing as a parent. Like, well, what do you mean codependent? Like my kids are super dependent. So like, yeah, we are codependent. And that's not really what it is. Your kids are dependent on you because of their developmental stage. Now, codependency in parenting is when you, as the parent, need something from your kids in order to feel good. It becomes unhealthy in parenting when your identity or your self-worth as a person gets woven into your role of caregiving. Because you are more than a a parent, right? You are more than a caregiver to children. But when our identity and our self-worth becomes connected to our role as a caregiver, that's really when codependency starts showing up. So there are three areas where I see this coming up in parenting a lot. And I'm going to break these down for you. And I'm going to go through some of the reasons that you might be in a codependent dynamic as a mom. And then I'm going to give you some strategies to get out of that dynamic. So first, we're going to talk a little bit about how codependency shows up in parenting. So the first one is if you need your kid to need you. So I'm going to say that again. If you need your kid to need you in order to feel good. So it gets messy in parenting is when we need to be needed. When we create an identity around our role as caregiver, it becomes really challenging for us when our children grow in their ability to take care of themselves. If the big picture vision of parenting is to kind of nurture and usher an adult into the world who is able to meet their own needs, then you're moving yourself kind of out of a job, right? That's why I always say parenting and motherhood is not a job. It's a relationship that you're going to be in for the rest of your life. So when your children become part of your own identity, it can be really hard when they get older. So even in small ways, like when your kid is little and they start walking or they start feeding themselves and that is the beginning, right? Or they go get potty trained, you drop them off at school for the first time. You know, they, they learn how to write, you know, read on their own and you're no longer reading to them. And there's all of these things, right? That kids go to, they get skills, which is great. And that means that they're better at caregiving for themselves. Now, that can bring up grief 
for you as a parent. It can make you feel sad because your role is changing and that's okay. It's okay to grieve and to feel sad about shifts in your role as a parent. But what you want to look out for is if you are identifying your value and your worth as a human in the caregiving of your kids, it's going to be harder for you to let them take care of themselves. And so the what I see oftentimes, the way this shows up in actual parenting strategy, is rescuing. When you have the need for your the need to be needed, you're going to want to rescue your kids. You're not going to want them to make decisions. You're not going to want them to make mistakes. You kind of, on a subconscious level, might be keeping them dependent so that you feel valuable, so that you feel that you have, you know, a, a role or a purpose. The other way that I see this needing to be needed is sometimes it shows up as a pattern of really extreme helpfulness at the cost of your own well-being. Like if you're still driving your kids to some sort of event, even if you're really sick or you volunteer for things at school or in your community or, you know, at your, um, wherever you, your house of worship or whatever they say, you know, your community, you volunteer for things when you hardly have time to shower, right? You have this like extreme need to be needed. So codependency is when you lose sight of you, you absent yourself from yourself. Codependency is when you decide that the needs of someone else are more important than your needs and that you make their neediness be a, something that me, is, makes your life have meaning, makes your life have purpose. I just, I want to say that this is hard because when you, especially if you're a stay-at-home parent and you kind of build your life around taking care of your kids' needs, it can get really messy. And I, I want you to know like just because you have a lot of caregiving role, that that doesn't necessarily mean you're codependent. What you want to be is just kind of internally noticing, is this because I, I really need to be needed and notice if you're rescuing a lot or being overly helpful, even when you are not taking care of yourself. When your need, it's like, okay, it's like this, your need to be needed is greater than your need to take care of yourself. And then when you do take care of yourself, you feel really guilty and bad because you have created this identity that it's your job to care give to your children at all costs. And really, if the cost is greater to you, then you think that means you're better at caregiving and you're a better mom, right? So that's a lot of times where guilt, mom guilt comes from is this idea that I am supposed to be sacrificing. I am supposed to be, you know, making my kids' needs more important than mine. No, of course, your children have needs that you need to meet because they can't meet them on their own. But notice if they are able to meet them on their own, let them. Let them go and feed themselves and walk and fall a little bit and, you know, go out in the world and make some mistakes. So I want you to be aware that sometimes your sacrificial attitude in motherhood is really because of your own need to have purpose and meaning and identity and self-worth that you've attached to the role of being a mom. You, mama and dads who are listening, you don't need to prove your self-worth. You don't need to prove that you have a meaning in life through your children. 
It's already entitled to, you're entitled to it. You're entitled to having an existence because of you, because you're here on the earth, because you're a human, because we care about you. You don't need to earn it through sacrifice. Because the thing is that your role with your kids, it is going to change significantly as your kids age. And it should because they're moving towards greater dependency on themselves and less dependency on you. And as your kids get into adolescence, if you've made it mean something when they are taking care of themselves, if you've made it, if you've made it mean that they're rejecting you, if you've made it mean that they don't want you, if you've made it mean that you're not a good mom, if they start to take care of themselves, then you're going to have a lot of trouble letting your kids go. So this is a common, you know, codependent trait. When you are dependent on them to have your emotional needs met, you need to be needed in order to feel valuable. You need to be needed in order to feel purpose. You need to feel needed in order to feel good. You are entitled to feeling good just because of who you are. So raising kids is a very emotional experience and you're going to have a lot of emotions. You're going to have anger. You're going to have sadness. You're going to have confusion. And what I'm trying to distinguish here is whether you're able to meet those emotional needs within yourself and soothe and cope and get support, or if you need your child to change their behavior or to behave in a certain way in order for you to feel better. That's the distinction here. So it's not the oh, I don't have a negative emotion. I'm not, you know, or if I have negative emotion, I'm codependent. No. So what we're talking about here is, are you looking to your kids to meet your emotional needs? So this actually leads me to number two of the codependent traits that I see showing up in parenting. And number two is needing our kids to be happy in order to be happy. So I'll say that again. Number two is needing your kids to be happy in order to be happy. (laughs) When you attach your happiness or your joy or your sense of well-being to your child's happiness or their joy or their sense of well-being, it gets really messy. Now, of course, as a mother, you are going to feel sad when your kid is sad. That's compassion. That's connection. That's beautiful. But when you find yourself not being able to shift your own emotion until your child shifts theirs, then that's a codependent trait. Like if your child is going through something or you anticipate that there's going to be something hard for them coming up and you're really sad about it, that's okay. It doesn't mean anything, but it does mean something when you are stuck in that emotion and you're waiting for your kid to feel better in order for you to feel better. So let me show you this in the reverse. So it is possible for you to have an emotion that your child doesn't have. So first I'm going to say a negative emotion, and then I'm going to give you an example of positive emotion. So think about, like, for example, say you've raised a cat or dog for like many, many years, like you have a pet, right? And you have to let that pet go. They passed away. And you might feel extreme grief and extreme sadness about the loss of your pet, but your child might not experience that emotion the same way you do. Maybe your child never bonded with your pet. Maybe your child doesn't really like cats or dogs or whatever. Maybe your child was jealous of your pet, and so they're not that sad that the pet, the pet is gone. Or maybe the pet was very sick and created a lot of chaos and distraction, and you were very distracted by the pet. And they might feel relief 
that the pet, the pet has passed away. And that's okay. It's okay for you to be really sad about something, even if your child isn't really sad, right? Like you can have an, an emotion that your child doesn't have. Or the opposite can be true. Your child can be very, very sad and uncomfortable about something and you can have compassion for them. You can understand that they have these negative emotions, but you don't also have to have those negative emotions. You can feel joy even when your child doesn't. And it doesn't mean that you're a mean mom. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person, that you're really selfish. It means you're having a human experience that is different from another human being's experience. I wanted to share a story about a vacation I took with my sons. And there was this moment, we were in Yosemite, it was really, really hot, and we were all bike riding. And we were bike riding, and um, there was a place to go by the river. And so we kind of, you know, it was really like 92 degrees or something hot. So we pulled off, and we kind of were starting to cool off in the river, and there were a lot of bugs. And one of my kids really doesn't like bugs. And so he was like, not wanting to go in the river. And we all knew that we were really, really hot, right? And like we, the other family members, dad and brother and me were like, come on in, come on in. It's okay. Come on in. You know, we're trying to like convince him to come into the water with us. And he was like, no, I don't want to. Right. And I was feeling so uncomfortable. It was like, I could not enjoy the cool water, the cool river, until I knew he was okay. And this was the moment when I realized that I was a little bit codependent. I could not relax if I thought he was uncomfortable and I needed him. It was like this this deep thing, like, come on, come enjoy it with me. (laughs) Come. And he was like, no, you know? And I remember having this moment when I was like, wait, I can fully enjoy this cool water and this river, and being in this like, you know, a mountain, like, you know, you have Yosemite mountains all around you, and all the trees, and all of it, right? And I can be okay, even if he is decided to stay hot, and dusty, and sandy on the shore, that he can have a totally different experience from me, and I can be okay, and I can actually enjoy myself, even if I think my kid's not enjoying himself. So I wanted to give you that story because I want you to be able to see that like as a mom, sometimes we really cajole or pull our kids or we really want to shift them into what we want so that we can feel what we want to feel. And the truth is you can just feel it and you can let your kid have one experience and you have another. And if you're struggling with that, it's a little bit of a codependent trait. So number three is Codependency also shows up as needing approval from others in order to feel secure. So that can be approval from your kids or approval from other people. So what I mean by that is if you have some anxiety about being rejected by a group or people not liking you, which is super common, I don't want to make yourself wrong for that. But when you have a need for other people's approval to feel good about yourself and you're looking outside of yourself in order to feel good on the inside, if you're looking for outside validation and you don't have the ability to internally validate your own approval or self-worth, then it shows up as people-pleasing behavior 
and it's a form of codependency. So in parenting, this shows up in two ways. The first one is that you need your kids to act a certain way so you can feel okay, so you can get approval from others. And then the second one is you want your kids to like you or approve of you, and so you have certain behaviors. So let me break down number one. The first way I see this is when you have put a lot of pressure on yourself for you and your family to present yourself in a certain way, and that could be you know, the way you dress, how polite your kids are, whether you're being on time, whether your kids are really behaved at school or are really good at sports, if they're really nice, if they have really good grades, if they're, you know, attractive. When you focus a lot on the external and you can't feel good about yourself or your kids or your family, unless those benchmarks are met, that could lend itself to some codependent behavior because then you're seeking validation from the outside and it shows your children that their validation, their security, their self-worth, it's not inherent, inherent that it's earned, but that's not true, right? We don't want our kids to think they have to prove their value and prove their worth based on their performance and how other people think and feel about them. We want them to have a positive self-concept, a belief inside of themselves that I am valuable exactly how I am. I am lovable. I am worthy. I am good enough exactly as I am. So when you aren't able to self-validate, then that can show up in these people-pleasing behaviors and it can also communicate to your kids that they are only uh, you know, that their self-worth is dependent on what other people think. I don't want you to think that. I don't want your kids to think that. So the way that this people-pleasing comes up, not just with other people, but with your kids, is if you need approval from others, sometimes you also might need approval from your kids. This can be on a very kind of subconscious level where you want your kids to like you or approve of you. And if you have that going on, then I'm, that might be why it's hard for you to set limits or to create circumstances that are uncomfortable for your kids in order for them to learn, you know, to fail, to make mistakes, or for you just to say no to them. If you are seeking your kids' approval, if you are thinking that your kids, you know, aren't going to like you or they're going to be mad at you or they're going to think that you're mean. If you hold a boundary, you say no, it's going to become a conflict for you. And it's going to be hard for you to hold your own boundaries. Because the thing is, kids are going to think negative thoughts about you sometimes, especially if you're the one who's saying no to the iPad. If you're the one who's saying it's time for bed, if you're the one who's saying you cannot wear, you know, flip flops to school, right? It, that's going to make them have thoughts and feelings about you. And some of those thoughts and feelings might be negative. And if it's hard for you to have other people think negative thoughts about you, by the way, I am with you on this. Like I am growing so much as a person and learning how to be more and more comfortable in myself and not need approval from others. Now, I don't have this with my kids. I have it more with other people. But what I'm learning is that the, 
the stronger I feel internally, the easier it is for me to set boundaries. And with parents, I see that true too. If they aren't setting a lot of limits or holding their kids accountable, then it might be because they are worried that their kids won't like them. They're seeking approval. So maybe you're seeing yourself in one of these behaviors. Maybe you are seeing yourself as like, yep, I need to be needed in order to feel good. Or maybe you're like, yep, I need my kid to be happy in order for me to be happy. Or you're like, yep, I definitely need approval from others in order to feel secure. If you are feeling that way, I want you to know you're not alone, okay? It's super normal. We all struggle with this. And the main reason that we all struggle with it is because we're socialized to be codependent, especially as women. We're sent messages as women about what parenting should look like and how mothers should present themselves. We've been given this idea that the most sacrificial mother is the most loving mother. And women who build identity and lives and meaning outside of raising kids, those are women that are selfish and self-centered and not good moms. So all of that is the messaging that we have received. And that is that we ought to be dependent on our kids for our emotional needs. You're coming from this naturally. It's sort of the air we breathe in in the way that our society is built. And it's not just about motherhood. It's also about feminine conditioning in general. Our role as women is to be saints and we should be sacrificial and we should give of ourselves and be great hosts and caregivers and tender and, you know, take care of everybody else. And you are doing all of that. Like you're already incredible. But the message in society is that it should cost you yourself. And if it doesn't cost you you, then there's something wrong with you. Codependence is really a detachment from ourself and an attachment to someone else's well-being. And that's a lot of how women are conditioned. The other reason that codependency can show up, it's, it's a response in some ways to how we were parented. Besides socialization, it can also be a result of, of trauma or just an insecure attachment growing up. So if your parents, like they couldn't or didn't give you approval and emotional security, you might work extra hard to seek that from others in adulthood. Or if your childhood was a little bit chaotic like mine, (laughs) you know, if you experienced neglect and emotional abandonment, poverty, sexual or physical violence, physical abandonment, alcoholism, substance abuse disorder, untreated mental health disorders in your family of origin, you may have cultivated an internal insecurity that you're seeking to get met outside of yourself. So we have this socialization, we have, you know, childhood, you know, attachment issues, insecurity, trauma. We have these root reasons and we can see how they play out in our kids, right? Our need to be needed and all of that. So what do we do about it? right? It's probably what you're wondering. You're like, okay, I've been been in with you for 30 minutes. Like, what are we going to, what do we do? Right? So I'm going to give you five strategies, really simple things to think about. And I know it's like a lot. You're like five strategies, dear Lord, like that's a lot. 
But I wanted to give you a few different options in this episode and you can pick one thing that you want to work on. And then maybe you want to bookmark and like put a little note in your phone to go back and listen to this episode and then decide to work on another strategy. And also just as a heads up, at the end of November, I'm hosting the Say No to Holiday Overload gathering. And it's all about opting out of shit and not people pleasing so that you can enjoy your holiday season. And we're going to talk about the different strategies that I'm teaching in this podcast episode. I'm going to break them down and really kind of support you in cultivating these strategies and getting good at them. So be sure to sign up for that. You get all the details at kamamacoaching.com. Okay, so how do we become less codependent? I am going to help you understand that your, tr- your overall goal is not independence, okay? It's undependence. <laughs> I got that word from Melody Beatty's book, Codependent No More, which, which is just a gem of a book that I highly recommend if you want to dig deeper into this topic, and we'll link it into the show notes. So she talks about this idea of undependent, being undependent. So here are some five strategies super quick that will help you shift out of codependent behavior. The first one is detach. Remember I said codependency is detaching from yourself and attaching to someone else's well-being? So instead, we're going to detach from the other person, from their our need for them to be to feel good and happy and all of that and need for their approval and need to be needed. And we're going to detach and we're going to begin to look for happiness inside of ourselves. So in in detachment, the first way you have to move towards detachment is recognizing when you are attached, when you are attached. So notice when you are emotionally upset, when your child is emotionally upset, just pay attention to what's going on with you and see if there's any way that you can shift your emotion without relying on your child to shift theirs. So you're just kind of noticing and paying attention to your own emotional experience and noticing if it's connected to someone else's behavior or someone else's emotion. And if it is, detach from that and go inside. So number two is self-soothe. So the first is detaching and then the second is self-soothing. So what do I mean by that? I want you to learn how to feel your feelings and find ways to allow those emotions to move through you. If you catch yourself being reactive, if you catch yourself rescuing, if you catch yourself, you know, begging for compliance from your kids, notice, catch yourself and pause. Take that pause break that I teach about. And if you aren't sure how to feel your feelings, (laughs) how to self-soothe, listen back to episode nine, where I talk about reset your emotions, reset your heart, as that will give you a really practical strategy of how to let the feelings move through you. Number three is speak kindly to yourself. Stop being so mean. Why are you so mean to yourself? You would never talk the way that you talk about yourself to yourself to anyone else. I talk about your thoughts in episode 10. So learning how to speak kindly to yourself, to coach yourself into new ways of thinking, that mindset piece is going to be really helpful for you. Number four, cultivate self-trust. 
I just did an episode on this. Um, episode 36 was, you know, how to overcome fear. And it really, that is one way to overcome fear is through self-trust. And also self-trust will help you be less codependent because you're cultivating internally the belief that you can handle anything that happens. And so you're not so dependent on other people and their behavior and their emotions and how they act. And then number five, this is what we're really going to talk about in the say no to holiday overload gathering is setting better limits and boundaries and holding your kids and others accountable when they don't keep within your limits. I teach about limits in episode four. So if you haven't listened to that or you want to go back and listen to it, I think that's great. But really, I'm going to talk a lot about setting boundaries in this upcoming gathering, November 29th and November 30th. I'm doing two because I really want to catch as many of you as I can. And so we're going to learn how to opt out. We're going to learn how to not people please. And a big part of that is setting limits and boundaries. But the trick isn't just setting the boundary. It's holding people accountable and letting people get mad at you. letting them feel their feelings and get upset. So these five strategies, detaching, self-soothing, speaking kindly to yourself, cultivating self-trust, setting better limits and boundaries. These are all keys to unlocking your undependent behavior, releasing you from that codependent and moving you to undependence. So great, right? This episode, I've shared a lot of different things. I had a lot to share with you, and some of it's been a little bit of a little bit heavy. And you may be like, "Oh my God, I'm so needy for neediness," <laughs> or I, I'm really seeking self-approval a lot. Like you may have come to some realizations about yourself, or "Whoa, I speak so meanly to me," or "Oh, my trauma is coming out through my parenting." Okay, some of it is heavy. And so as we wrap up this episode, I want you to really take care of yourself. Maybe when this episode is over, it's almost over, I want you to pause and give yourself a few minutes to listen to music or put your hand on your heart or just breathe through some of the things that I shared here and really give yourself a lot of love and kindness if you saw yourself in any of these patterns. Beating yourself up and criticizing yourself is not the pathway to change. Awareness is the pathway to change. And sometimes we have to experience the pain and discomfort of a pattern and that will motivate us to change our behavior and to grow towards greater independence and greater well-being is self-love and self-compassion and self-acceptance. It's not self-criticism. Seeing where you are right now, acknowledging that you have had a lot of old patterns and old behaviors and they got you here and they served you well for a long time and you can say to your old self, thank you. Thank you for taking good care of me and getting me here. And now future self may be looking at you and saying, hey, we don't need those behaviors anymore. Let's shift. Let's grow. Let's heal. So I don't want you to spend time right now like, oh, I'm such a mess and I'm a disaster. I'm such a bad mom. No, become aware, give yourself lots of love and grace and make one of these small shifts. 
And I also really want you to sign up for Say No to Holiday Overload, the gathering. And I'm calling it a gathering. I'm not calling it a class because I don't want you to feel like you have to learn a whole new bunch of things. I want to have a conversation with moms about people pleasing and over scheduling and being overtaxed so that you can see where those patterns come from and how to get out of them so you feel better, right? Because this podcast, it's called Become a Calm Mama. And my group program is the Calm Mama Club. Because what I'm really helping you do is get to deeper and deeper internal places of peace and deep calm so that you feel good. Because I know that when you feel capable, when you have that independence, that you're going to be able to keep to help your kids with their feelings. You're going to be able to set limits and boundaries that teach your kids responsibility. You're going to help your kids become resilient and dependent on themselves, right? Because that's what we're doing here in this podcast and all my programs is we're raising responsible and emotionally literate humans. And that means that we are becoming independent and emotionally well. So that's what we're doing in the podcast. That's what we're doing in our pro- my programs. And I'm just so grateful that I get a chance to be in your ear right now and talk to you and share this insight. And I really hope it helps you grow and become the calm mama or calm parent that you want to be. So thanks for listening. And I will talk to you next week. <laughs>